My new book, Peace Over Pain, is now available. You can buy it for $20 on Amazon or you can download it for free inside my exclusive Facebook group. Simply go to peaceoverpain.com slash join the group. And between the group and the book, you will learn how to eliminate chronic conditions. Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Do you know who the first health influencer was? Welcome to episode number 153. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with the 96-year-old Elaine Lelane, who is the wife of the great Jack Lelane. In this talk, we're going to discuss everything Jack invented, everything he did to create this health movement that we know now in the United States of America and arguably throughout the whole world. So sit down, relax. And take in this beautiful recording. Let's begin. Elaine Lelane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. What was your first date like with Jack? It was kind of exciting because uh, I found out uh, found out about it. Thirties, forties, and fifties. They thought muscle men were were um, they didn't have much upstairs and they would die, you know, and I turned him down a lot. And, and one, one time I, I said, yes, we'll go out to dinner. I got off the air at six o'clock because our show was on from 4.30 to six. And um, so he, he picked me up and, and uh, cause his show was on in the morning. Mm-hmm. He picked me up and, and, um, and I met his friends. One was a, a chiropractor, one was a, a mortician, <laughs> had owned a mortuary, and their wives were with them. And so <clears throat> we went over, and we had we were waiting, and so we went to the Huntington Hotel, and to the to the bar there, and sat and talked, and and uh, and I thought, my gosh, you know, he's really smart, and I. Uh, <laughs> We talked about life and about the mind. See, I a lot of people said, "Oh boy, that that guy's got a body," you know. And I, I said, "Honey, I didn't fall in love with his body. I fell in love with his brain." Mm. So that's when I found out that he's really, you know, really got it up here. Yeah. So then we uh, went to. Um, uh, so then we went over to the restaurant we were going to. Um, we had danced at a company party and I thought, oh, he's a good dancer. So now I now I find out he's got a mind, a good mind. And uh, and then we went to this uh, restaurant and it was it was uh, our table wasn't ready. So we went to the place next door and the, 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 Jack was a singer. He 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 had a beautiful voice and um, and. One time he wanted to be an opera singer, but um, anyway, so pianist recognized it when we went in there, and he says, "Hey, Jack, come over here and sing a song." So he 
went over and he sang this song because you're mine da 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 dee, da 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 oh my god he sings too you know beautiful <laughs> so he does everything <laughs> and i he's he could dance he's smart and he's got a mind and you know i mean he's he can sing and <laughs> and he's it, it was a, that was the beginning of it <laughs> and, and then on one of your dates you guys were making a, a shake with the blender, right? And yeah. you, had, you had carrot juice. Yeah, he. he I, I had never uh, tasted carrot juice in my life. And uh, he had this great big juicer. So he made me some carrot juice. And and, um, and I thought, oh, gosh, this is really good. And I I, I, I changed my whole eating. I, I was a junk food junkie. And... I like I had chocolate donuts. I I'd walk into the studio in the morning. He'd be just before his show went on, and I would have the chocolate donut. And and then uh, he he said, you know, the only thing good about the donut is the hole in the middle. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he was really funny. I mean, yeah, Jack had a fantastic sense of humor. Based on the book, you guys were making. Like a breakfast. Oh, uh, how we, oh, the protein drink. Yeah, it, and it, it became it. It became oh. an instant supplement. Yeah, the instant breakfast. Um, we were we had a little help. I had finally gone to work with uh, with Jack over in Oakland, um, and he he had wanted me to go to work with him. And after I was off television, I went over to work with him. So we were had a, we had a little health food store. And then my office was above, above it. Uh, and we were making this drink and he was in the blender and we had non-fat milk solids, a wheat germ and all sorts of good stuff. And so he says, you know, this could be your instant breakfast. Let's go over and let's go over and um, uh, to my friend and have a bank and he's a biochemist. And so, Jack went over with all the ingredients he wanted in, and then and then Mel Williamson, his he was also a student of his. He uh, helped put it together, and we came out with instant uh, breakfast. There it is. Look at that. And that that was in the nineteen probably nineteen fifty five or six. Mm. And and uh, uh, later on, when we moved to Los Angeles, we, we had uh, carnation instantized now they were doing instant uh, milk you know yeah and um so they were uh, had this instantizing so that now that now they instantize our 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 protein drink before that we had to put it in a blender and blend it up you know right <laughs> so that's, is... how we got, that's how it, instant breakfast got started yeah and the thing with jack that always inspired me from let's just say about 10 years ago a little bit before he passed i i saw an interview with him where they were you know they always ask health gurus what you eat and how you live right because everyone wants to know and they ask him do you take any supplements and he says i take everything from a to z yes <laughs> that's what he says and that really rang a bell with me because in my work at my clinic we put people on supplements because why rely on the food when we have this new technology 
to up the nutrition. And Jack was on that very early. Oh, really early. Yeah. Well, I mean, here, look at this. Here's, here's a pro high protein. Yeah. That, that's in 1950 something. And then early 50s. Here's, here's supplement. Vitaline. Vitaline. Yeah. That was in the 50s. He believed in supplementation because he, he didn't feel that the, uh, that all the food that was grown, it was, it, it was turned over and turned over and turned over. That's right. And he didn't feel that the nutrients were coming from the earth. So he, he really believed in supplement. He, he, yeah. he had handled, well, to this, to this day, I take supplements. Yeah. I mean, I take about, if I, I take lots of vitamin C, lots of, I, I, I have a, 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 a you know, a, a nutrient supplement that has everything in it, but yeah. I also add, I add, you know, D3 and I, zinc and I, I, oh, you name it. Well, Jack's, Jack's. Uh, gluten for my eyes. Yeah, Jack's belief has been proven to be true because we know now through science that the fields are barren they're depleted yeah and, and we're not getting it's worse now than it was back then the 50s well, that's 60s, what he 70s. was saying in the, that when i first met him in the 50s and he's been saying this for you know he's at his first studio in 1936 yeah so, he, he also predicted enzymes and now we yeah, all use enzymes. He's a, he's a, he's a, he always talked about enzymes. That's going to be the coming thing. That's going to be the coming thing. Yeah, it is. It is. And now what would we do without enzymes for people that, you know, had their gallbladder taken out and things like that? You need, you need that supplementation to digest the yeah. food, you know? So I supplement all the time. We don't have any, our, our own product anymore but uh, but we were the you know one of the forerunners of it so how old are you now elaine 96 i'll be 97 in march wow so there i'm still perking along <laughs> writing books <laughs> and stuff and so you were you working out and you know see i can i still have a little muscle left all right there you go <laughs> 96 is a heck of a run. And of course, Jack made it to 96. But the thing that makes it different, the thing that always inspired me, because of course, I was introduced to Jack Lane in his older years. I didn't know yeah. Jack, Jack on TV in the no. 60s and 70s. I, no. I didn't know Big Jack. I knew old Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But the thing that was always amazing to me was that not only did he it wasn't just that he lived till 96. It was that he was so vital. Yeah. He had so much energy. The energy, yes. And he cared so much. He really, uh, if I heard him say it once, I've heard him say it thousands of times. All I want to do is help people to help themselves. Right. And... I mean, that was his goal. That was his mission in life. You know, if when you read my book that about it, I took all his, you know, his writings that he, I'd saved from him. You should see them. They're just 
some are, you know, there's writing and I, and some I had already typed up because um, we were going to do a column, but the fellow was going to do the column with this died, but we never did. So I had all of that. I had all of those little columns that he, and I, which I put in the book too, which was Greg Justin's. He's a, you know, he helped put it all together. And um, it's a, it's amazing. And through the thread that goes through all of his writings is what's between your ears, your mind. Mm -hmm. And he always said, your mind, mind is a mine. It's full of diamonds. And all you have to do is dig them up. And that, when you do that, you have inner peace, right? That's right. That's right. Well, that's another thing I loved about Jack is that it wasn't just all fitness and it wasn't just all nutrition. He also talked about the mind, which he generally used the term attitude. Attitude. To have the right yeah. attitude. Yeah. You know, the, I could never, you can never say anything negative around Jack. If it's a halfway negative, he'll say, yeah, that's negative. That's negative. Yeah. He was positive about everything. Yeah. No matter what happened, I mean, it, the world could cave in and he could still say, I, yeah. he'd still be positive. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's so. great. That's great. Because now we know, again, through science, that you can actually create problems in the body through the mind if you're thinking negatively and you can create yes. pain. And yes. And your mind controls your body. Yes. You know, yes. he says, as I said before, everything starts here. He says, what wiggles your finger? You know, what wiggles your finger? <laughs> your mind. <laughs> wiggle your toes and wiggle your fingers. You have to think about it, wiggling it. <laughs> now, Jack also trained as a chiropractor. Yes. Yes. How, how, how come he didn't refer to himself as Dr. Lelaine or did chiropractors not have that title back then? He didn't, he didn't mention he was a chiropractor uh, until probably the, he let it out around the eighties or, or so because <clears throat> he worked with the MDs. And the MDs were not, uh, they didn't believe in the chiropractic so much as, as and, um, and now they, and so when the chiropractors and the MDs started to work together, then he, he was able to mention it, but he, he didn't, he had too many in his gym in Oakland. He had so many doctors working out and he put them on programs and, and uh, he didn't want he he um he didn't want to shake the tree no and they called him a, a crack crack pot and a nut and a charlatan for ch charging money to exercise you right. know so that's how it went <laughs> yeah and he was basically he became the first health influencer through the television i like the way you put that influencer yeah. because there were a lot of people into health, you know. There was Paul Bragg that was inspirational for Jack. And way before even Paul Bragg, there were people out there doing calisthenics and things like that. 
and uh, what was the Sandow and all those. Uh, there was, but in the bodybuilding, um, bodybuilding, Jack was, yes, he was a bodybuilder. But he also, you know, he, he, he wanted, when he trained his body, he wanted symmetrical. It, wanted, it, it should be symmetrical. And you just see on the cover of the book how his body, how he's trained his body, you know. Yeah. And, um, and that's what he strived for is, and he wanted everybody to, to strive for, you know, a healthy, healthy body. Says you don't have to be a Mr. America to do it. <laughs> you know, you just you just have to watch what you put in your mouth and and uh, and exercise. Yeah, <clears throat> and have so, ageless attitude. Ageless attitude. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, he, and, and you and you you put that in the book where he he talks about sort of his philosophy of you don't say this. This is aging. Say yeah. this. This is ageless. You know. Right. Right. Uh, the, that aging in in the book that was all written at hand, you know, and I had to decipher that one out. But <laughs> uh, he had, you know, uh, age, this attitude here and this attitude there, you know, and and uh, one was negative, one was positive. Yeah. yeah. How often would you guys go out and about? And would Jack every get <laughs> How often would Jack get recognized in public? Ever, oh, everywhere. Well, Jack would be like this. He'd have his fork almost up to his mouth, and a, someone would come over and say, "Jack, and Jack would put his fist down and said, "How are you?" And he would talk to him. <laughs> I mean, there's many times when I first, even first met him that I we were out to dinner and. And uh, somebody would, and this was in San Francisco, and this was in the early 50s. And so somebody would come over to him and talk to him and he, can you come over and meet my family? And so I would sit there all by myself for a while while he went over and talked to them. I mean, this is the way he was. He just, he was always willing and never, never complained. Yeah, and through the book you'll see all these writings from people that they, they not one of them ever heard him complain, and that's one of the things that they say about him. Yeah, know? he was very positive, and you know, like a lot of us that get into health, it starts with pain, and Jack knew pain because he was a sickly kid until he went to a lecture and saw Doctor Bragg, right? And when yeah. he was fifteen years old, I believe. He also had a, a football injury in high school, hmm. and he had uh, the doctor um, that operated on him said he probably would never walk properly again. Hmm. And um, so he proved, I mean, he was set out to prove him wrong because he, he, uh, he devised that leg extension machine and, and uh, he, there's a hill in, in, in Berkeley, California, that's where he was living. It's it's like it's like straight up, and he started at the bottom, and that was his goal to get to the top. After that leg leg injury, wow. and he used to other uh, stories that some of his friends told about him how it how they would 
uh, take the ferry over to from uh, Oakland to San Francisco and walk all the way up to the theaters. And he would be walking, you know, on his cane or not, I mean, on his crutch. And uh, anyway, uh, he's determined. I mean, he and he knew pain. I mean, he knew pain. Yeah. I mean, when you could when you could paddleboard from 30 miles from the Farallon Islands to San Francisco, and you you gotta have pain. And when you and 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 towing seven uh, seventy people in seventy boats on his seventieth birthday, yeah. I mean, he, it, there's pain, but never once did I hear him. I know, I so, know. I mean, I know a lot of seventy-year-olds, and I don't know any of them that are going to do anything like that. No. And. What's your reaction? Because you're about 10 years younger than he was. So you were probably 60 at the time. Half, I'm 11 and a half years younger than he. Okay. So you were yeah. like 59 at the time. He's yeah. 70. And he's he's saying, I'm going to do this on my 70. What's your reaction? <laughs> my reaction is, well, I mean, he'd already swam from, you know, Alcatraz to the mainland when he was in his 40, 41. And underneath the Golden Gate Bridge, on you know, underwater and so you know when he's at 60 when he said he was going to go to san francisco and and uh tow a thousand pound boat and uh, handcuffed and his ankles would be shackled i said you gotta be kidding <laughs> i i said you're not nuts <laughs> but undaunted he went and he did it and he he trained for a long time. I used to, uh, uh, there's, uh, in the book, I have the uh, picture of me pouring ice on him. So before he went to San Francisco to do this swim, uh, he um, sat in the bathtub. I used to go down in in, in uh, Los Angeles and uh, on La Brea, La Brea, they had a ice house, you know, and so you could go and buy as much, you know, ice as I could buy 50 pounds. So I would buy 50 pounds of ice, bring it back. He'd sit in the bathtub in his bathing suit and I would pour the ice on him. And he'd sit there for an hour in that ice. Now that's got to be painful. Mm. I mean, you know, talk about pain. So how, how much news coverage did that get, that get back then? Oh, they got a lot of news all over the world on the on those swims. On those, you know, the Alcatraz swim, because Alcatraz was very, you know, famous. I think I think the Alcatraz was probably the more more famous ones than than a Long Beach, you know. Uh, but still, in all, it was all over all over the world. Mm. And then he um, he also on his sixty fifth birthday, he towed sixty five boats with sixty five hundred pounds of. Uh, Louisiana wood pulp in them in in, Tok in, in uh, Lake Ashinoko in Japan, and uh, so uh, that was a that was another another one that wasn't easy. You know? Yeah, but I <laughs> you get these, uh, and I, a lot of people say, well, what, "What did he do that for?" Well, he did it because. He wanted to call attention to his philosophy or his or working out, look, I'm 60 years old or I can do this. 
in, and if I can do this, you can do something. You know what I mean? So it was mostly to motivate people, uh, yeah. not to show off. He didn't do it. He never did. He, Jack was not. A, Jack basically was a shy person. I mean, you don't, you wouldn't believe it, but he really was. And um, and so uh, he he did this to you know just to, for for motivation and encouragement to people. If I can do it, look what you could do. He was also big in the visualization. He visualized oh, the goal, right? Yes. He, oh, I, could hear him, I can hear him saying right now, I, I can visualize my uh, coming, I can visualize coming out of the water. And, you know, and then he, and in the, uh, my house, where we, we bought property and he's, there wasn't anything on the property, you know. And so, he visualized, I want the gym here, I want this here, I want that there. And he visualized it, he plants here. And, and it turned out just exactly. Now, I'm not that, I'm not that great about that. But he was phenomenal about his visualization. He would see things the, the way they should be, and or he thought. And that's the way it turned out. So... How did Jack, you know, he had this great life. He influenced a lot of people, including myself. But what, what was the end like? How did he meet his demise? Because he was so vital all the way up to the end, right? He, well, you know, when Jack, um, when Jack would, uh, if there's anything negative would happen, you know, happen or when it, he just clam up. So he just clammed up, didn't say anything. And I, and I knew he was ready to go. He had pneumonia and, and uh, one lung had co collapsed. And, and so uh, I said to him, and he always used to say to me, I'm sticking around for you. I'm sticking around for you. And, um, and so I said to him, I, he used to sing to me, if you were the only girl in the world, you know. <laughs> and so I sang to him, if you were the only boy in the world, you know. And um, so he, I said, if you want to go, you could go, you know. And he went. Mm -hmm. That's it. I That's happened to a lot of people I know, though. When they let you. When you let them go, like if your your mom is ready to yeah. go, let her go. You know, if you're, and I, that's what I tell my kids. I said, when I'm ready to go, I want to go. Don't don't keep me around and don't keep saying, oh, you can, you know, just let me go. Yeah, like that permission that uh, that. Yeah, they yeah. want permission, right? And I <clears throat> I learned that from a friend of mine who was passing away and uh, she was, and and so her kids kept saying, oh, well, you can, you, you can get it. You. And she kept rallying and rallying and, and, and finally they said, okay. And bang, she went. I mean, so I, I learned that a long time ago. Jack used to joke around in interviews that he can't die or it'll ruin his reputation. Oh yeah. He's, he'd always say, 
I can't die. It'll ruin my image. You yeah. know? <laughs> so when he did get sick, was there any, uh, I would imagine his goal was probably to make it to a hundred hundred is like this big. Well, you know, I don't think he ever, I never heard him say he wanted to make it to a hundred. You never, I never heard him say anything about how long he wanted to live. Okay. I, I never, you know, and I, same with me. I, I'm 96. I'll be 97. And um, whenever I go, I go. I mean, I just, I'm ready to, you know, I'm, I've been there, done that, seen that, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so I, I, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not something that I think about, you know. And he never thought about, he never thought about dying. I mean, but he was always accepted what was, what was, you know, this, what was happening. So right. he, he, he was accepting it, you know, and, he, and through, you'll see this in the book too. Of, you know, whatever happens to me, mm -hmm. it's my fault. Yes, yes. Remember that in the book? Yes. I mean, if he's, that's, that was his philosophy. Anything that happens to me, it's my fault. Yes. So, and he doesn't, he never blamed anybody else. He didn't, he, there was never the blame game that blame it on this or blame it on that. We don't play that game. Right. I don't play that game. Um, and Jack never played that game. Victim oriented thinking. I, uh, whatever happens yeah. to me, I, you know, I blame myself. Right. And, no. and that and I'm the same way. That doesn't necessarily mean you get down on yourself. It just means, no, no. It just it, means, you know, this is, it's accepting of your situation. It's well, I think this is part of your inner peace. I mean, you, you have this inner peace pro program mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I got to thinking about, you know, that, that gives you inner peace. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you, you accept, you accept what is, you know, can't change it. You know, I lost my daughter when she was 21 and mm. an automobile accident. Mm. Okay. Now I can't bring her back. Mm -mm. So now I can blame this and blame that, or I could do this, or I can, I mean, it's, I can, I can you know, and have a little pity party for myself. Mm -hmm. and, right. and I, so I, she would never want that. She would never want that. So I just took her philosophy and and went on about my life and and missed her and talked to her and of course I had a few tears but um but you have to go on you know you have your you have to you have to go you have to do and she wouldn't want you no to be a, she wouldn't want you to be a wreck oh, and ruin your life oh right? sure. she would never want that and I wouldn't want it. And I said, uh, my kids, I said, I don't want one tear when I go. Yeah. Not one. Yeah, death comes up a lot on this podcast. And I said, I can't wait to find out what's over there. Yeah, that's, if you treat it like a, a new adventure. Well, it's part of life. Yes. You, you come into this world and then you leave it, you know. That's right. That's part of life. That's right. So there you go. And, and some people, some people die young. Some people die at, at birth. 
Some people right. die at five years old, 50 years old. They keep- I used to talk to people who had lost children. You know, I, one, I got, one year I got a call from a lady who was a president of a bank and she, um, she had lost her little boy in a swimming pool and he was very young. And, um, and then uh, my friend, uh, the Petersons had lost their two boys in an airplane crash. They were on another plane and, yeah. and uh, it was a private plane. And it was, they were on another plane other than their parents with their friends and went down on an airplane. And we used to talk to people who had lost lost children, and uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's it helps them to to talk to other people who have had the same experiences. Yeah, it it comes up a lot on this podcast, and even one episode I brought on a hospice nurse. Yeah, and we taught we went I went as deep as I could as an interviewer to all the death, all the deaths that she had to encounter through her career and all the stories. And we just, I just get as close to it as you can yeah. because it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, it's, it's just, to me, it's part of life. And, and um, so I, I just don't think, I don't know what happens afterwards. I mean, I just have feeling that, um, our spirit goes on, you know, and lives on in my the people I've known, and lives. Who knows what happens? I don't know. It could be a radio, like a radio wave. You, you might turn out to be a radio wave, <laughs> right, right. or like something like that. You know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of fun to think about what what might be. Or yeah. steam, steam coming off of a, a lake or something like. Yeah, you know. <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever makes you happy <laughs> well i think people just don't want to let go of what they have and so it, it comes back to being two years old again and give me back my toy right it's like you don't want to let go of what you have especially if you're young Right. You know, it's probably easier for for someone like you who's lived such a full life yeah, for me, it's easy for me, yeah. But if you, but, but if, my daughter was only twenty-one, right, know. right. Did she go fast, or was she in the hospital for a while? Well, she, she was. Uh, see, I don't know because we were in Europe, and and uh, it was back east, and she was in summer stock, and and uh, they were driving into town, and and the car went rolled over, and and then she was laughing and talking. I, that's what they tell me laughing and nobody else in the car was hurt and uh evidently she was bleeding internally so she just bled to death inside mm. but she was laughing and talking in the hospital they tell me and then all of a sudden she went I know. Mm. so that's you know that happens yeah but uh you know you can't change things no Right. It's just part of the, it's part of the deal, you know. It's, <laughs> right. it's like you go to a rock concert, you're gonna hear noise, you know. <laughs> right. You play football, you're gonna get hit. <laughs> so it's just part of the deal. So, but when you have this attitude that Jack taught, you know, this ageless attitude, you can live such a better life. 
Right. Well, you know, uh, people think, think maybe this book might be the same old stuff they've, they've read. It's not the same old stuff in my book. It's, um, it's a, um, even my cousin said, you know, I found stuff in there and that about, about you that, I, I mean, very close to her. I didn't know this about you and Jack. I didn't know this. I didn't know that, mm. you know, and, and of course the way I, when I when I was writing this book, and and I take you know, and I wanted to f make it flow like when you put all this stuff together, you want it it has to flow, and um, so I wanted it to flow from here to here to here to here, and I think I I finally it took us three and a half years, but I think it's I think it. I even I was inspired <laughs> with uh, my own book. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good book, Pride and Discipline, and uh, it's almost like a scrapbook with stories in it. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's a little. Well, I was working with uh, with Greg's and 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 just assistant too, and they'd say, "Well, that's you know that's interesting, but could you say just a little bit more?" Uh, you know, so I would make make sure that I would make it, uh, them understand what I'm talking about, you know, how it would flow into the, into the next, uh, writing and the writings are short, you know, they're not, yeah. they're not long, boring. I mean, I'm not, a, I don't like long, boring stuff. <laughs> so I think it, it, it's, and Jack is very simple. He, everything he did was, he, Keep it simple, he said. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. He likes he liked things as simply said yes. and, and concise. He concised everything. Yeah. Life is great when you're in shape. You know, yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. it is. It is uh, well, a lot of his sayings. You know, is Lelanisms. Yeah. So like. Like um, anything in life is possible if you make it happen or you can make it happen. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Our fitness is king. Nutrition is queen. Put, Put them together, together. You have a kingdom. Yeah, got a kingdom. Right. Yeah. yeah stuff like that. And, and, uh, and of course, the, the humor, uh, there's a chapter on humor there. And Keith Morrison from Dateline, you know, used to come up and, and interview him about every five years. And he tells a lot of little stories about Jack in there. About there's some big names in there. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the book. Uh, Lou Ferrigno is in Tony, the book. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno does a foreword. Tony Danza. Um, Gary Player. Mark um, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Denise Austin. You know. Denise Austin. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, they've they've all had something to say. Forbes Riley. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jack, I mean he he was he was America's health influencer. I mean, everyone knew him for so long. I mean Yes. Well, you everywhere we went, people would recognize him. And then when we then we did the when he did the juicer, I yeah. mean that was that brought brought it back again and then and then we'd be in an airport and they'd say, hey, Jack, I got your juicer. Hey, hey, Jack. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it was, it, it, he, he, 
And he loved he loved people. He just loved to joke with them. He's, he was really a joker. Yeah. You'll see it in his the humor, um, in, the, in the humor part of the book. <laughs> so and then the, mm -hmm. the the story of his life. I mean, in pictures, kind of in the back of the book. My son did that. Um, Dan, Danny, he's a photographer, and and we put we dug out all these pictures, and it's a kind of a timeline pictures of Jack when he was little, and. And then uh, all the things that happened in his life until he died, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and a lot of people don't know that he invented a lot of equipment too, a lot of fitness equipment. No, oh no, he he invented the leg extension machine. He invented the, um, you know, like the the leg the wall pulleys that you pull down, and 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 the. Um, squat machine it's now the smith machine mm. and um and the weight selector see in those days they had in the early 30s they had um you know clean and jerk and then all these bodybuilders and so jack when he, he he came up with an idea of having something modern you know he had black glass block showers in the 30s. They were very popular. And um, he had uh, a um, sauna thing. You, you, you'd just, you'd sit in, sit in this thing and it would be a sauna and it would be only your head would be out, you know? Right. I said, oh, that's a really old fashioned one. And, um, but he, uh, he, he, uh, he admitted that's that's when he got then get his ideas on the squat. I mean, on the um, on the <clears throat> leg extension machine because of his his uh, uh, injury in football. Right. And of course, when he went in the service, he was 4F because he couldn't do a full squat. Mm. If you ever see his shows, you'll notice he'll go way down on one leg and then real kind of half down on the other leg, and. Um, and so uh, he, when he invented the leg extension machine, uh, that helped him with his, his own leg too, you know. Yeah. Pull all pulleys and what else? And he, you know, he's, but the weight selector is something that you've got to squeeze. Today they have pin selectors, you know, and then, you can use a pin to select the weight with the pulleys. But he came out with, they had pulleys in those days, but they didn't have a weight selector. And this weight selector that Jack has is, is a squeeze. It's in the book. It's a picture of it. And uh, you squeeze it and you, and then you push this down. Cause in the, in those days, the weights were at a hole in the middle, you know, and, um, because the bar bars would go through this and you could have the barbells and the dumbbells and then we lift up the weight. Well, it, the, this weight selector goes down into, with the pulley, goes down in, into the hole and then opens up and, and locks it. And then you pull up the amount of weight, 10, 20 or 30 pounds or 40 or whatever. Yeah. I don't know whether I explained that properly or not, but no, that's fine. I think the bottom line is he did he did a lot of pioneering work. Yeah, that everyone's into now. 
He said, he told me, um, oh, years ago, somebody asked him, where do you think this physical fitness is going, Jack? And I can hear, still hear him saying, it's going to explode. Mm. And it has. It sure has. Sure. Got personal trainers. And when you think of it, uh, Greg Justice, my, uh, my co-author, he, you know, he came up with this in, in the book that Jack was really the first virtual trainer. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You're right, because he was doing it on television. And I guess that's pretty virtual. Yeah, yeah. That's Instagram before Instagram. Yeah, you, YouTube so Greg, before Greg YouTube. Came up with that, uh, that concept that, that, that Jack was the first <laughs> virtual trainer. Because we didn't know what virtual trainer would be in those days, you know. But right. now, look back, <laughs> he was. <laughs> so, Pride and Discipline, available now on Amazon. I encourage everyone to go get that book. As we wrap up here, what what's a day in the life of Elaine Lelaine like at 96 years old? <laughs> well... I'm in this office 24-7. <laughs> I've always got a project. All my life, I've, I've worked all my life, and I don't know what I would do without it. You know, I've, I've, the last six years before, I, before, this, what, uh, before this book, I did a book with Jamie Brinkus. It's uh, eight minutes a day gets you on your way. You know, I mean, it's exercise and nutrition. Mm. Um, so I've been doing that for the last six years, but I'm, um, I'm always into something new. We're, we're, we're doing promotions on the book. I'm going to get an award. I just gave a, a award to Billy Blanks from, uh, idea at the idea convention this last July in this November, I'm going to go to Orlando, Florida. And I'm going to get a pickup award uh, on behalf of Jack too, uh, and and um, also uh, um, it, it'll be from the ACLM. Um, let's see, American College of Lifestyle Medicine, and Ken Cooper will also get a Lifetime Achievement Award, and there'll there'll be all these doctors and whatnot. Uh, there in Orlando, Florida in November, November 13th. So I'll be doing, so I'm keeping busy and, and we're doing P PR for the book. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm a little slower these days. You know, I don't move around as fast as I used to because of a leg injury, but um, that's it. Where are we going over time? No, no, not at all. <laughs> so, so the so the key is staying busy, being passionate about being busy. The key is staying busy, and that's what I do. I just keep busy all every day, every day. There's something comes up every day. I don't know, There's something to take care of, and I've got a lot of property here to take care of, and and uh, family and whatnot. So I, I'm just. Are you still? I, in, I, are you still in California? Not enough time in the day. You know, as you get older, the faster the time goes. I've often think back to when I was young, and I said, "Oh gosh, we." And now, when you get the, the older, you get the faster the time goes. Mm. 
whether you're slower, I don't know, but I know I am. <laughs> are you are you still in California? Was that? Are you still in California? Yes, yes. Okay. Still in California. So you got that good weather, that that sun shining down. <laughs> yeah, we have no where are you located? Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, well, you're on the opposite side. Opposite, yeah, right. Yeah, it's cold here. It's cold right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh. And I came to California uh, after a, a, my my boyfriend died in Iwo Jima, but, and I was here on a vacation and I stayed. So um, so I've been a California, California girl since 1945. Wow. Yeah, but I, I know it. Winters are like, you know, 50 below. I many times I I remember that. <laughs> Do you think social media has changed people? Because you've been around so long that you're the perfect person to ask. Because social media has only been around for about 15 years, maybe 20, but yeah, I I I have I really haven't thought too much about it. Uh Social media has certainly changed the changed the world. Really, I mean that's I mean that's the way you get you get two people today is yeah. through social media, and not so much uh, as we did before, like television and. and uh, but I I um I I don't know that yes I think it has changed. Yeah, changed people. Just like television, when television came out, it changed too, right? Changed people. People went into television and they were glued to it. And look, then they were glued to their, now they're in the iPhones. I yeah. mean, they're just, you know, they're, you can't, well, where's my phone? Where's my phone? You know? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. we, it's almost part of your, your part of you today. Yeah. Whereas before, you know, you call up and the things, I, and I think technology has, yes, it's 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 made things faster, but it's made things slower. Can't get anything done. I mean, you can't when you you know, like you want to call. I could get something done on this phone um, in about two minutes. I have to go. A lot of times, they don't. People don't want to be bothered with the phone, so I'm in there just. Typing away the the um, you know what the message, and then I said, "Oh gosh, I women, I've spelled this wrong. Women, I have to go back, and I have to check it. And by the time you check it, you've spent all this time making it perfect to to send out a, an email. So where I should call up, get the answer, and then and then you're done, and you're on to the next thing. Yeah." That's what that that's that part bothers me because I was able to get things all done on the phone. Right. And a lot of times if I'm dealing with somebody, I said, I'm I'm sorry to bother you, but I said I I I can't I can't write all this down. I mean it's just you know, it's just too much for me to write. So I said, I'm calling you up and I ask you this one question. All I need is an answer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know whether you encounter that, but people are used to texting, you know. I know they are. And then, you know, when people used to, when texting, you know, 
people used to say, oh, how, how old are you? You're 85 or 86. Do you know how to, you mean you text? You mean you know how to text? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, I had to learn text. <laughs> what, what was life like when you were 20? Oh, well, when I was 20 years old, I uh, was living in Los Angeles. I was going, uh, I was, um, let's see, I was uh, going to NBC UCLA Radio Institute. I wanted to be in radio. And um, so I, um, that's what I was, I was doing. Life was very simple. I didn't have any, the freeways were just, um, the freeways were just being built. So there's one freeway that was being built. We've heard about this freeway being built. Yeah. Wow. Freeways everywhere now. And um, and and the valley out in the valley of California, if anybody's been out here, um, it was, you know, lots a lot of farmland, a lot of farmland. So it's all grown up. Were, were there televisions back then? No, uh, when I was 20, we were starting to hear about television, I mean, coming in, but not, no, it wasn't in, uh, I wasn't in yet. And then when, uh, that's when I, we heard about television when I was 20. And then I took a little class in, in, uh, in, uh, in uh, not acting so much, but being able, being yourself and being, you know, uh, because if television comes in, you want to be this way or that way. And right. so, <clears throat> and then television, I was on the first, tele in, in San Francisco, let's see, how old was I? 21, I believe, the end of 21. That's when television first came into San Francisco. And um, we were, um, they did everything from the transmitters. They had these transmitters on top of the mountains, you know. Yeah. And that's when I got my first television job, and I did open a loaf of bread and said, and took it out and went, mm, good. <laughs> that was a commercial, and I would drive up to the transmitter every night to do that one commercial. Television came on at six o'clock at night, mm. and then. That's when I got on television with uh, Les Malloy. We started at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's when television started. Then, then, then television started at 4.30 in the afternoon. We had a 4.30 six show with 12-piece orchestra, which belonged to ABC Radio. And um, so, but we transferred up. We, we did everything from the transmitter at first. And I, we were in the, in the old Sutro Manson and, and I, in the ballroom, they had a, the ballroom and then they, <clears throat> and that's where we trans, uh, that's where we did the show from, hmm. this ballroom. And then we moved down to the NBC building in, in, uh, in uh, San Francisco and then took our studio there and offices there. And, and here they rented, they rented ABC rented from NBC. And here I thought I was old school because I remember VHS tapes. <laughs> you what? 
I said I thought I was old school remembering VHS tapes, but you go oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go long before that. Yeah, right. Uh, it's, it was quite interesting. Yeah, and we and everything was live, you know, we did our live show live and I'll have to tell you a little story. We we went uh we had a car that we were showing, you know, and then in the studio, this was uh, now we're downtown and you can drive into the, but you can't drive into the studio. It, but to get the car in the studio, they had to take a door off of the car to get it into the studio so we could sell the car. And so my the fellow I worked with, I was a girl Friday in those days, they call them today, they call them co-hosts. But he, he was talking about the car and we were standing there with the car and he opens the door and the door falls off <laughs> because, you know, I mean, they forgot to put the door back on. So it was things like that happened in the live, live shows, you know, <laughs> That's amazing. everything was live. You had to watch your P's and Q's in those days. Yeah. I could not say bust. Or he could not say, and he'd have to say chest. Right. He couldn't say, there were certain things you could not say on television. And now it's like, whatever. No, <laughs> when I think back. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the, the, the dress codes were different, right? Like now women could walk out half well, naked. We, I never went downtown San Francisco without dressing and maybe hat, oftentimes gloves, you know. And uh, we always dressed, dre and Jack dressed to the teeth, always. I mean, he we had this little outfit he wore, you know, on the show, but he, if he went out to dinner or anything, everything was tie and, and color was perfect. Everything, we, everybody dressed in, in those days, in their 50s, 40s, 50s. Yeah. Right. But the dress code has changed a lot. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. All right, Elaine, this has been a great talk. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.